Welcome to another episode of Talk Toby to Me. I'm Jess. And I'm Meg, and we're two sisters that love to talk all things business, mindset, self-development, and everything in between. This is normally part of our weekly phone catch-ups, but hot girls don't gatekeep, so we've decided to bring our combos to you. Hey, sissy bae. Hey, boo. How's your week been? Well, we are recording on Wednesday this week. We normally record on Friday, but I'm actually flying to Sydney on Friday with two of my girlfriends to surprise one of our best friends, Em, who lives like kind of rurally and she is actually pregnant. So because of the, obviously she lit like you have to, we have to hire a car and drive, I think like three-ish hours from Sydney. She didn't want to do, this is her second baby. She didn't want to do a baby shower. So we decided that we're going to go down and surprise visit her. She's just going to be so excited. I'm so excited to see her reaction. Um, I love that. Yeah, she actually has a podcast, shout out, Baby Brain. She gave us some hot tips before we started on the logistics of things. Um, so if you're a mum or a mum-to-be, definitely would recommend. Um, but yeah, so so excited for that, but that's why we're filming two days early. So it's only Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday are like my big client days. So just business as usual, and then we've kind of, had a shake up with our routine for the socials and the editing of the podcast. So I was pretty much just editing on the weekend moving forward. I won't be doing that, but because we have to kind of like move the schedule around, that's just how it worked out. And did that throw a spanner in the works <laughs> into our brains? <laughs> um. So whilst you're doing that, I will be going to Melbourne. So mm-hmm. literally, well, yeah, literally got told today. So I'm excited to spend the weekend in Melbourne. So I haven't been in a couple of years, actually. So just a little quick trip. Had zero plans on the weekend. Was just going to be chilling. So that'll be nice. Love that. Um, apart from that, we've actually recently just signed two new contracts for two women in beauty to rent out two rooms in the clinic. So that'll be good just to have some more bodies in the salon just for like a bit more of a vibe. Mm. Um, so we've got a beautician renting a room full time. She's starting in a couple of weeks doing her own thing. And she's already got like a very busy business. And then we've got an injector that's going to be renting the room, another room for half a week. And she'll be sharing that with our lash tech. So we're going to have like a few more bodies in the salon, which will be fun. I just got an email this morning from my new email marketing specialist, which I've banged on about a bit already. So you guys would surely know if you've been keeping up to date with the pod, but our new email campaigns are about to go live. So she's just been working on making sure the backend integrations work and testing the time periods and things like that. So that's exciting. We've got an automation for potential students that kind of register their interest, but don't actually enroll in a course. And then we've got another sequence or automation for students that actually enroll in a course. So that'll kind of take them both through a separate journey, depending on what we're trying to achieve with that automation. And then now that those two automations are finalized and we know they work, we will be starting to implement a fortnightly kind of newsletter email. So there'll be one for clients, one for students. The one for clients is obviously more related to services, the team behind the scenes of the business and, you know, promotions and things like that. 
And then the student sequence will be again, nurturing the students. So maybe educational tips, um, promotions off our supplies, touch points to make sure that they are feeling supported throughout the course and also upselling or cross-selling other courses or products that we offer that will further support them in their education. Love. So I'm excited that that's going to be finalized. Aside from that, we recently launched the online lip blush training. So I'm now working on finishing off the online ombre training, which we already have one, but I've revamped it and refilmed um, all new content for that and the online microblading training. So all those three courses are designed to replicate like a one-on-one training experience. So they're very intense and I am working on, I feel I have a problem with wanting to constantly add or refine or improve the course before actually launching it. So Mm. I'm very perfectionist like that. And I know you're the same. (laughs) I am trying to balance that with done is curse. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. So I have, was about to launch the microblading and then I decided actually I keep continuing to refine how I do things as well when I do a treatment and when I teach. I'm constantly refining how I teach and how I translate my knowledge to a student. So I've decided I want to refilm a couple of things for those courses. So it's annoying because it delays the launch, but I'll be more happy with it. So it's going to have that reputation from day one. Yeah, for sure. What are you grateful for this week? I am grateful for my ability to be able to recognize when there's resistance to something and make adjustments to then keep moving forward. So like, for example, I've had a lot of resistance to doing content and I just oh, fucking hate that filming. In my soul. Yeah, I like, literally hate it with a passion. <laughs> yeah, fully. And so it was like a few weeks in a row where I had, you know, a filming list from Amber and I just like was not fucking doing half of it. And so I was able to recognize that like why, and it's to do with, you know, the pe- how the people in the gym and it just looks shit in the background and the color scheme of the gym that I go to versus what I want on the feed and stuff like that. So we actually just hired out a gym that's super quiet and really aesthetic. Um, and we did like a full filming day and just batched a lot of content, which was fucking so good. Like I'm so glad I love we did that. that. And it just also reminded me because on the last episode, which you guys would have hopefully listened to it already, but how in the moment of when I got that message and was like super dysregulated, I was able to recognize, okay, I don't want this to happen again. So I'm going to, you can hear in the moment that I was able to go, I now know I need to put my phone on, like, do not disturb while I'm recording. Mm, You were quickly able to identify a problem and come up with a solution for yourself. Yes. Mm. I love that so much. Feel that in my soul with the content. And then a few (laughs) other things in even last week, last ep, when we were talking about morning routines and stuff like that, I was looking at my, I kind of made me go and review my calendar. I literally love that we both listened back to the episode and were like inspired to do things. Yeah. I was like, I can make tweaks here because I had a couple of things in my evening routine that I thought I would do because they weren't energy zapping tasks, but turns out they are. And so, and even something like I had in journaling before bed because I could like dump the day, but I just wasn't doing it. I'd much rather read. So I've actually changed that to do first thing in the morning while I have my bone broth and then I have a coffee when I get to work instead of a coffee straight away. Mm. And it's just working so much better for me. So I love that, that we can, I think it's really important to be able to identify something that isn't working for you. 
and changing it rather than just being like, oh, I'm not a night person or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm. I feel like identity is a whole other episode. So what are you grateful for? I was actually reflecting this morning and I was going to message you the other day and say, what are some good journal prompts? I know you're a good journaler, but I have been just journaling about gratitude because I feel like that's very high vibrational and that's, that's what I'm working on. you say that because that's what I do, like non-negotiable. Mm. I was actually just thinking this morning, what I'm grateful for is how peaceful my life is right now. Oh, and when crazy. I say that, I don't mean I don't have stresses and I don't mean that I don't have raging anxiety because I do. And full disclosure, I'm like medicated for that for anyone who doesn't know. But in general, my life is so peaceful at the moment. Like I get up, I've got my morning routine. I go to work, work's pretty flowy, go home and freshen up for the gym or I go straight to the gym, whatever. I've been doing like my saunas and ice bath. And then I come home, I cook my dinner, read my book. Like it's just really like, I think you were saying last week. that In flow. Things, yeah. I'm literally smiling as you're talking right now because it just also makes me so happy. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not even, I wouldn't even say flowy is the right word, but it's just easy and peaceful. Yeah. Well, I guess that is flowy. So yeah, that's what I'm really, like I had a list of 10 things I wrote yesterday that I'm grateful for, but they're all like specific things. But just in general, life is just quite peaceful. I literally love that so much for you because, yeah. What a, what a 180. What Let's a journey it's mm. been the last well, few yes. years. And I mean, it is like, it's not going to be just peaceful full stop now, but, and I still have business stresses and things that create anxiety and stuff like that. But just in general. It's quite peaceful. I love that so much. Thank you. Let's get into the topic. Yeah. And guys, if you did listen to the end of last ep, we said we were going to talk about communication and boundaries. But upon planning this episode, the brief. Which can I just add, we haven't had to plan before. Yeah. But today but- we we realized that there were so many avenues we could go down with communication that we had to kind of make sure we're on the same page and pick out a few key points. We're actually going to break it up and do boundaries next week because there's so much we can talk about for both topics. So today's just going to be about communication, specifically in business, Mm. because I feel like that's why a lot of you guys are here. But a lot of these things, you'll see that they relate so heavily to relationships. And I don't mean just romantic relationships, relationships in business, relationships, in your personal life. Just um, any relationships. Yeah, all relationships. I think that's a point to make is that when we are referring to relationships, that's any relationship. Yes. A lot of people 100%. do confuse that with thinking that we're, well, thinking that someone is referring to a romantic relationship. Yeah, definitely. Can I just say I am so fucking keen for this episode because so many stresses and and, and things that, cause anxiety in people's lives comes down to a lack of communication. I fully agree with that. So I think the first thing to think about when you are, or not the first thing, but one of the things to think about when you are thinking about communication in business is understanding your target audience. Mm. That's a whole nother conversation, by the way. And I actually have a (laughs) I actually have a... We say this so much. No, but I actually have a seminar, an online seminar on my website that you can buy about identifying your target audience. I thought about this and I think anyone who's not even just in your industry, I think a lot of people would benefit from that that seminar. We should probably do a whole episode on avatars. 
Yeah, definitely. I think when you can identify, so obviously you first, first of all, you need to identify your target audience and your avatar. And by avatar, I mean the specific person that you're trying to market to, but it's going to mean that your message and your communication is specific to that audience and you can adapt your communication, your language and your message. This was a definitely a catalyst in my marketing in my own business because I got to a point where I was kind of conflicting with my value of authenticity. And I guess we both ha- have that whole perfectionism. I don't want to say it's an issue, but we're both Great. perfectionists. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so for Thank a very you, long time, for a very long time, the way I would communicate in all my marketing was very evidence-based um, because that's obviously a huge value in my business. But I got to the point where I realized I wasn't communicating my message to my target audience in a way that they would understand. Mm. And I think this is really key because a lot of people who are in the same kind of who feel the same as I did about being authentic and staying true to your brand values. And if that's, you know, being evidence-based, it's important to understand that you need to be able to get that person into your world before you can serve them. And so Mm -hmm. I was losing, I guess, a lot of business because I was so stubborn in the fact that I wanted to be evidence-based, but the issue was my, my target audience didn't understand. So they weren't coming into my world, so I couldn't help them at all. So I've tweaked how I communicate in my marketing so that I can get those people in so that I can then teach them what I want to teach them. Because if Mm. you can't, if you can't get them in, in the first place, you can't teach them. And so like things like, I would hate to say weight loss, because to me, it's very important that you differentiate fat loss from weight loss. But now I know that my target audience will resonate more with weight loss so I can get them in and then I can teach them what the difference between weight loss and fat loss is. Mm. It's like a very basic example. I think it's also important for us to point out that when we're referring to communication, we are not just talking about words. We're talking about your branding, your Mm. language in your business. Your whole brand is you communicating with your target audience so understanding your audience so you can adapt your communication in every aspect to that that target market so that they can best understand what you're trying to deliver yeah so I think on the back of that it's really important to be very clear on your intended outcome with your communication yeah so 100% Yeah. So in business, understanding your target audience ties in with that because you're, you need to be really clear what your intended outcome is so that you can then communicate that effectively. So Mm -hmm. whether your outcome is to educate them or to get a sale or to build trust, um, is that making sense? Yeah, definitely. So if we would talk about like email marketing, for example. So you'd kind of rotate in like a nurture sequence, right? You would rotate um, yes. building trust, educating, social proofing. So what that means is um, like testimonials evidence. and evidence that you are qualified or that your product yeah. or service works. Yeah. And then selling or promoting. So understanding your intended outcome is really important to then customize your communication accordingly. Yeah. hundred percent. I think also just to relate that to relationships. Oh, I was just about to say that. 
that's so weird where we could literally finish finish each other's sentences <laughs> um so i think how that would translate to a, a relationship is understanding the intended outcome of what you're trying to communicate or what the person's trying to communicate to you so for example if meg and i are having a conversation and i'm like really dysregulated and i'm explaining something to her that's happened that really upset me or whatever and vice versa we will often say to each other are you just wanting to vent or do you want advice or a solution? Because I think it's really important in relationships, even this could be in business so with staff even, and things like that. Even not, are you just trying to vent, but do you just want someone to listen? Do you just want yes. me to listen? Yes. Or Yeah, that's a want probably advice? a better way of saying it. Yeah. I think So do you want me to listen or do you want advice? Yes. Yeah, because I think it's really important a lot of the time and I've been really guilty of this in the past with like romantic relationships or even with you is I would always try and find a solution for the person and I'm also always in my masculine and I'm well I was always Mm. in my masculine so that's a very masculine energetic trait but I think understanding if the person is that is talking to you is just wanting to get something off their chest or if they want you to help them find a solution is really important because it can be further dysregulating when someone is just wanting someone to listen or wanting a shoulder to lean on or cry on or whatever and you are trying to provide them a solution. Yeah, and I think on the back of that, it's important as well for you to communicate that to the person you're mm. talking to because Correct. they might not be in a place where they, you know, know to ask, ask what, what you're wanting. So if you know you often have these, like you butt heads with someone who you, you just want to talk to them. You just want to like, you just want someone to listen and they're always trying to give you advice mm. instead of thinking, Oh fuck, I wish they would just listen. You can go into that conversation. I don't want any advice. I just really need someone to listen right now mm. because then they're going to go, Oh fuck. Okay. And it might take a few times. Like they're not going to, that if their natural response is to give advice, it might take them a few times. This is a total, I don't know if I'll even cut this out, but total side note just on communication. The other day, <laughs> Nick was like to me, can you wash the the big, like our knife block knives up instead of just putting them in the sink? And I'd like never even thought twice about the fact that I just put them in the sink. And he's like, I always have to wash them up. And I was like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. And so anyway, I was like in the kitchen and then I went to put a knife in the sink and he was like, He's the way he said to me, like, are you going to fucking wash that knife? (laughs) I was like, do not speak to me. Like you're my dad. I said, this is a habit for me that I need to get out of. So you need to Mm. like, you need to help me with that. And And so you time and space to integrate it. Yeah. And just like the way he can say, Hey, just a reminder Mm. to wash the knife. Like, and so it was just a really quick, like shift of how we communicate to each other. And then I literally fucking wash proud of me knife. have washed the knives every time you like have to keep that in. no you gotta keep that in because it's that's so that's exactly what we're talking about yeah but it's like these little things where you're not and I, again on the back of what you were saying before about the intention I think in a in a, in a friendship or a romantic relationship it's important to understand that it's it's you two versus the problem not you yes. versus the other person I fucking love that yeah and I think if people can remember that, it just changes the whole dynamic yeah, of, a, change- of a conversation. Yeah, it changes how you go how you go into the conversation and it changes the flow because you're not just trying to fight each other for the sake of fighting each other. 
and you also come to a resolution. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that again, two things. If you have always been a certain way, it is going to take you a lot of time mm. and practice and intentional like purpose to make those changes. Mm. And also and like I commute, that was like it, as silly as, as small as it is. I know a lot of people would have full blown domestics about this knife thing, but I was able mm. to communicate to Nick, this is a habit for me that I need to break. So you need to like meet me halfway, like mm. and work on it. With and me. yeah, I think it also is important to remember that there's not meant to be like a winner. Yes, yeah. Winning is both being on the same page. I believe. I feel that's like that quote about. Oh, it's kind of kind of different, but it says arguing with stupid people is like trying to kill the mosquito on your cheek. You may or may not kill it, but you will slap yourself. <laughs> so it's like it's I've obviously never heard of that in my life. I'm pretty sure it's Buddha. Yeah, it's Buddha. That's um, so random. So it is it is random, but like it's what I was kind of trying to get at is if you're just trying to argue for the sake of arguing to to win, sorry, mm. then you may or may not win, but you're gonna not going to get the outcome that anyway fuck I'm just gonna no you need to say that it's good you may or may not come to a solution but you're certainly not going to win yeah 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 and it's that is very very hard to unlearn if that's how you have been or if that's how your parents were I feel that so heavily what you said about being in your masculine in my relationship with Nick and something that I've had to work on massively in the last year I am like someone who's always seeking a you know a solution mm-hmm. that is so you and I it's fucking yeah. annoying sometimes I would he would you know you know be telling me about his day at work and how something happened that dysregulated him and I would instantly be giving a solution without even knowing if that's what he was after or if he's and and this is kind of what I was saying before about if the other person's not aware of this then you might need to be the one that goes do you mm. want me to just listen or do you want advice? And so I do that now and it's helped our relationship so much because the worst thing about it was he would then not want to take my advice because he he didn't want it in the first place. He didn't ask for it, mm. uh, like obviously un- unconsciously. And so then I would get annoyed that he was coming to me, talking to me about this stuff and then not taking my advice. Mm. But he didn't want it in the first place. He just wanted me to listen. And I feel like what I've learned from my last relationship and what you're saying right now is that then they'll get to a point where they don't want to come to you because they don't want you to always provide a solution. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it comes down to a lack of mm, communicating that. A hundred percent, yeah. And I think it's also very, I feel like it's quite common to feel like you should do it more so in a romantic relationship, whereas like, Half the time I wouldn't be giving solutions to other people coming at me, talking to me. I'd be like, oh, I'd be validating their feelings or I'd be listening. But I think it's very, it's it's an automatic response, I think, in a romantic relationship to feel like you need to do that. And then it's probably a very common thing for them to not, you, you never want to take your partner's advice. Yeah. And then the partner's <laughs> going to get the shit. It's like, that is such a common thing, I feel. I feel like yeah. a lot of people will relate to that. So I think it's something to be very aware of of, yeah conscious of that you are probably more likely to do in a romantic relationship and so it's even you probably need to put in even more work to not do that the reason why I guess in my romantic relationship it's been more important as well is because you need to this is a whole nother 
fucking episode, but in it's there's that polarity with the masculine and feminine energy. Mm. So if you've got too masculine, it's gonna affect your intimacy, your like all mm. of the all of the things that are different that make a romantic relationship mm. different to a friendship or an, another relationship. Can you make a note to talk about masculine and feminine in another pod? So the next thing to consider, and this is a big one, is understanding your communication style and the communication style of whoever it is that you're communicating with. So like, for example, in business, I actually have on my client consult form what their communication style is. So there's... I love that. I bet you there's no one else that has that. (laughs) Except for my business coaching clients. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) This is just the definition of the four. Mm-hmm. And I actually have this on my consult form as well because a lot of people wouldn't know. Um, and then I've got unsure if they're unsure. Um, so passive aggressive. All of the above, one of the options. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on where I'm in my cycle. Legit. So mm-hmm. passive is emotionally dishonest, indirect, inhibited, self-denying, blaming, apologetic. So, for example, others' rights and needs take precedence over mine. And a lot of people, I think, think that that's how they should be. And yes. it's so counterproductive to everything. Oh, my God. Yes. You're not going to get to any outcome with that except wishy-washy beating around the bush because which you're is, not clear on what your needs are and not, so no one can meet them. Which is what we'll talk about after we get to the end, which is assertive because that will tie mm. in perfectly. Passive-aggressive is emotionally dishonest, indirect, self-denying at first, um, self-enhancing at expense of others later. So like, for example, I subtly make clear that my rights and needs prevail are a higher priority. Aggressive is inappropriately honest, direct, expressive, attacking, blaming, controlling, self-enhancing again at at the expense of others. So for example, I boldly insist that my rights and needs prevail. It's not subtle. It's just yeah. being outright aggressive. Assertive, which is probably the ideal communication style. But that's again, that's good. I was gonna say that was us. We're gonna we'll get into but we're probably saying you're probably saying that's ideal because that's us and what we're used to. Other well, people would, might not think it's ideal. Oh uh, yeah, I was just about to say if we'll get into why like how you can navigate each one and how you can mm. communicate better if depending on which one you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's a really good point, what you just said, actually. Can I actually just add one brief thing in, validating someone else? Sh- should we talk about that separately or does that tie in with something we've talked about? it? Because you just validated what I said and I noticed that you and I do that to each other a lot now because we know that that's an important tool in communicating is, first of all, validating what the person's saying or how they feel. Yeah, 100%. That could look like, for example, Meg just then saying to me, that's a really good point that you just made. Or last night I was in a mood to my friend. I've got my period, guys. And I was just (laughs) carrying on. And my friend, he goes, that is totally understandable that you feel that way. And I was like, thank you so much for validating my emotions. This comes back to what we were talking about, like going in, obviously understanding what the other person wants to get out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. If they do want feedback or help on the situation, validating the situation first is very important because then they're going to be so much more open to that feedback. Yeah, because it is building trust. Yeah. And it's also making it clear that you understand what they've said or what they've felt or what they've gone through. Yes, 100%. I use that tool all the time now. 
yeah, I've noticed actually massively how much more you do that now. Oh, you know, just thanks for noticing. No, really, I've really been working on that. So I love that. Um, so the next one is assertive, like I was saying before. So assertive is appropriately honest, direct, self-enhancing, expressive, self-confident, empathetic to emotions of all involved. So it is ideal. Mm. But yes, very important that if someone's not used to that, they potentially will take it as aggressive. Like, mm. So yeah, very, very good point what you said before. Mm. And that ties in with the five, six or seven, depending on what you search on Google, C's of co- effective communication. So there's like being concise, correct, clear, whatever the other ones are. And I think being clear and concise is very much what you're saying, like appropriately expressing your needs clearly. And I think the big thing with this as well is if you're not assertive in communicating your needs, you're actually delaying the inevitable. You are making your life harder in the long run. People can't read your mind. So Uh, if you can be clear with your communication in business, what you're trying to get across in relationships, what your needs are, for example, they can be met. People don't have a fucking chance at meeting your needs or expectations if you can't clearly communicate them because people cannot read your mind. Yeah. So with that, I feel like recently I've been saying a lot to business coaching clients and actually just people, just anyone that's in a conflict with someone or that's trying to avoid. Sorry. You said this to me last night. Yeah. When I was dysregulated about saying like, I was irrationally dysregulated. Like I knew the other person hadn't done anything, but it triggered a trauma in me from the past. Yeah. So I was dysregulated and I was just unpacking it with Meg. And she said, a lot of my business coaching clients might come to me with a message from a client. An example of this could be like someone asking about a payment method or um, a cancellation policy or asking about something that they're going to receive within the service or whatever it is. And the way they're asking, they might be very assertive. And so they're just going to be asking straight up and, or sorry, they might be aggressive or passive aggressive. Um, But the important thing is to assume the best case scenario. So assume the best in that, in whatever that person is saying, because a lot of people assume the worst. So they think, oh, they're coming at me, like attacking me or they because of your own Past yeah, like past experiences. You might think that that's an attack. So what you're saying, I guess, is to always assume the best because there's no other reason to not. Yeah, and in any new, it's usually new relationships where this is going to be most prevalent. So like a lot of the time when business coaching clients will come to me with a message, I'll say, yeah, you just need to give them the facts. In just a, give them the answer, yeah. In a respectful way. And then they, and then the person oft 999 nine percent of the time will reply okay cool great yeah. and then that and then that obviously gives them evidence to support that they do just need to be like very objective yes. about it and yeah. not put their personal experiences into the situation because mm. I think a lot of the time our perception of an experience is based on our past experiences or traumas or whatever so something can trigger you when someone is literally just asking you a question yeah because of something completely unrelated to the scenario, spend time and energy. Yeah. You're not going to unnecessarily spend time and energy on this scenario you've made up in your head. Yes. Yeah. Based on a past trauma. Yeah. And the other thing with that is, especially when this is with like new relationships in any context, 
setting that standard from the get-go is really mm, important Yeah, because if you like beat around the bush and la la la, you're just like setting yourself up to fail in the future. Mm. On the flip side, if that was a problem that someone was coming at you with, a concern of theirs or they're questioning something you've done or whatever, I think automatically taking responsibility and accepting your part in the scenario immediately puts you on an, like a an level playing field yes. and not on the defence. Yes, 100%. So if it was worst case scenario, even if you don't think you've done anything wrong, oh, if you can God, immediately bang on. Yeah, and this is something I've really had to work on in the past while. But if you can immediately take responsibility, and I think you and I do this in our relationship really well, is even if I don't think if one of us doesn't think like, like I'll just make up an example. If I, if you're upset about something, not that this ever happened, but <laughs> if you're like, oh, you were meant to do an Instagram post or something. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like, you take responsibility straight away. It immediately puts you in a neutral playing field yeah. instead of going, oh, what do you mean? I blah, blah, yeah. blah. But also, can I just say the reason why this never happens is because both of us would go into that situation assuming the best. So yes, absolutely correct. Was supposed to put like we've got a schedule for the podcast social media because I edit, she does the socials. If she hadn't posted, I'm not gonna assume, oh, she's just fucking lazy and she's not pulling her her side of the deal. I'm gonna think she must it's really funny for some reason. It's like so serious for like such a not serious thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um I'm going to I'm going to assume the best. So I'm going to assume something might have you know happened that she was unable to post it or like instead of it, immediately thinking worst case scenario mm. and that then I can approach her and say in a neutral hey, way. Yeah, like hey, how come the price isn't up instead of why the fuck is the post not up? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. she's not going to feel attacked and not she's not going to come back at me on the defense. Mm. And if something has gone wrong, let's say something seriously like went wrong in in with a business or whatever, then she's going to feel supported. Through, does that make sense? Mm, like you'll feel yeah. supported and be able to feel vulnerable to like share that. Mm, it's giving me permission to yeah. be anyway. Yes. But yeah, so I think in summary, if you can always assume the best, first of all, And then if someone is questioning something that you're doing, if you can automatically take responsibility and ownership for whatever it is, even if you haven't, even if you don't feel like you're to blame or at fault or whatever, you can then continue in a neutral space, in a neutral energy. Instead of going into it on the defense, I'm going to go into it with curiosity and respect for you. For me and the outcome and our relationship. It's it's looking at the situation objectively before you go into it. Yeah, rather than through your personal lens of past trauma and experiences. Yeah. I love that. A really important point as well, if you do feel like you're speaking to someone that isn't maybe as conscious as you are. I also don't want people to think on the back of what you're about to say that we are perfect with these things like I'm working on this shit all the time like I've been working on my communication skills a lot in the past six months in particular something that I'm working on at the moment is really practicing identifying what part I'm playing in it that's something that I'm really working Mm. on still and I still have work to do Mm, for sure and it's an ongoing process like just because we're sharing these tools does not mean we perfectly do these tools every time yeah absolutely 
I think things we're working on. Yeah. They're things that I've absolutely become more aware of, of late. And I can tell when I implement them and I can tell when I should have handled something better, but like, I can be more aware of that now. Which is also so important. Yeah, that's the first step to being able to change. Like the first step for any change in anything is being able to identify it. Mm. Like that's a lot of the time the biggest issue is not being conscious of Mm -hmm. it. Specifically in my business, I've really been, and I think this is important as a leader, I've really been trying to work on that. Like if someone does something that is not what I wanted to happen, I've been working on going, okay, well, how can I communicate better Mm. my expectations? Yes. And I feel like that is very important, particularly with staff. Yeah. That's what I had in forefront. Yeah. Staff, obviously clients as well, but I think with staff, when you're with them so much, I often find whenever there is a, not that I ever have any issues with my staff because I've got amazing girls now, but I think in the past when I have had issues or even now, not not issues, but even now if there's just a conversation about whatever, I will always now, not necessarily in the moment, but I'll reflect and I'll go, what can I do? What can I change? What strategies can I implement? What operational tools systems. can I, systems can I change? Yeah. Or how can I better show up? Yeah. So even just with how I'm show, how I literally show up as a person, as a boss, it's really important to look inwards because you can only control your own behaviors and then other people will behave accordingly based on how you behave as well. That's just human nature. So I think, yeah, that's super, super important. I think it's super important as a leader specifically Mm. to always take accountability. Absolutely. And then you're also giving other people permission to do the same because they they see that you're doing that. Yes. So if my staff see that I'll do that, for example, and then they will do the same and vice versa. Like I'll see that Emily will take responsibility for something, even if she probably doesn't think it was her doing or whatever. And then I'm like, well, cool. Now I can also do that. And it's just this neutral thing. Oh, I love this sick because this is something that Shioni and I do so well. And it's because of that, like we will both, if we fuck up, there's no like it, it's not a it doesn't turn into this big thing because mm. we just say sorry I fucked up this is what I'm gonna do in future to so this doesn't happen again. You know what I can't stand? What when people always have an excuse for why they haven't done something? Oh my god! Like just say sorry you didn't do the thing. Like no one cares about the excuse. Yeah, and you just sound like you're lying anyway. Yeah. A key tool, if you are wanting to start working on this, but you feel like maybe the other people, the other parties involved are not like going to be conscious of it. And they're not really going to, you don't feel like they're going to come to the table is actually asking them to repeat back their understanding of what you're saying. So if you feel like you're in a conversation with someone and you're, you know, telling them how you feel about something and you feel like they're not really hearing you, Asking them to repeat back their understanding of it because that's going to give you both clarity because then if their understanding is not what you're trying to get across, you can obviously adjust what you're saying and and Mm. keep working until you're both understanding each other on Mm. the same page. Yeah. And that's like a tool that I um, have recently discovered and I'm going to, I'm definitely going to try and implement more. Mm, I love that. And that's like in both personal relationships and in the workplace. I think that ties into also the, the, the final point that we were going to talk about today, 
I was going to say, I'll report back in a few weeks to see how that's going. (laughs) Actually do. Yeah. Um, And that is asking questions and asking for feedback. So in a Mm. business sense, I think it's so important if you're not already asking for feedback, Google reviews, like don't be embarrassed about that. People don't care if you ask them for a Google review. Like even with my staff, I have a weekly meeting with Emily and then we have a separate weekly meeting with Emily and Lauren as my brow artists. Um, And I will always say, like we have a whole like agenda that we go through every week, but the last thing I'll say is, is there anything I could be doing better to support you? Yeah. It's a question in my um, client check-in. But also with employees, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about if you don't ask for feedback, you're delaying the inevitable. Mm. So like you're just, if you beat around the bush, you're going to make it worse for yourself in the long run Mm. as opposed to, and I think there's, there's a whole piece here on not attaching the feedback to your self-worth and that's a whole nother topic. And I think just briefly in business, that's so fucking important. Feedback is just feedback. It's not anything to do with your self-worth. Because again, it's their feedback is based on their experience, their past experiences. Yes. Etc. That's also really important because if they have had past experiences and they have a different expectation of the service, let's say, or employees, like if they've had a different experience with different employees and they have a different expectation of what it should look like, what your, you know, with the workplace will look like or your relationship or whatever. This is why communication is so fucking important and being Mm -hmm. assertive with that communication because Mm -hmm. no matter what past experiences you have, they're not going to impact your future. Yeah, so I think there's three parts on that. So one is asking questions. So in any kind of interaction, asking questions will allow you to better understand what the other person is trying to communicate. If you don't understand what someone's saying, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, because you're doing them a disservice. Yeah. The second part of that is always asking for feedback. If that's in a client, in like a client relationship, we want to make sure we're providing the best service to our clients and how we can better optimize that for our clients. If that's in a relationship environment, same thing. How can I show up for you better? How can I better support you? What are there any things I'm doing that are bothering you? Yada, yada, yada. And then the third point on that is if something does go wrong, you can then reflect and go, how can I communicate better? What operational tools can I, in a business sense, implement? Or what can I change at home to allow this to play out differently next time? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, have those hard conversations because if you don't, you're... and they don't have to be hard conversations, they're just conversations. They, they will be though for like, if you're not used to it, they're going to be fucking hard. Yeah. But I so, think remembering that they are just a conversation. I think a lot of people would struggle. They're going Absolutely. to implement this, especially if the other mm. person's not on the same page. So they're going to be hard, but it's, you can rewrite the story moving forward with and it's, yeah. the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I I think that will tie in very well to our next episode on boundaries. Yeah, I'm excited already. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we hope you guys liked the episode. I feel like it was all over the fucking shop. Yeah, I do too, but I feel like we say that every time and then we listen back to it and it's okay. So hopefully you guys like it and got some value out of it. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram at Pod. 
and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will see you next week talking about boundaries. boundaries.